Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Ladies, I'm so excited to have Amanda here with us today. Amanda Koval is an adoption coach and she runs a podcast and is kind of an amazing woman. And so I'm really excited to have her here. And she's just going to kind of share with us today all the ins and outs of adoption, kind of on the front end of things. So Amanda, can you introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about what you do? Happy to do so. And thank you so much for the invitation to be here today. I really appreciate it. And for the kind words, that was very sweet of you. Um, My name is Amanda Kowal. I'm an adoptive mom of two. I always say that first because that is the the greatest blessing in my life. Um, They are eight and five right now at the time of this recording, and they were adopted through private adoption here in the United States. But my passion in life is helping to simplify the adoption process for hopeful adoptive families. I do that by creating courses and YouTube videos and Facebook groups where I answer questions every single day and just all the things, anything I can do to help and serve our community to help make adoption easier for those that are trying to adopt. I love that because I feel like that's the most confusing part. It's like you have this kind of inkling, but there's so many options out there and so many, so many things to choose from. Um, Now you mainly work with private adoption, is that correct? Yeah, so I mainly work with adoption here in the United States, but more so private adoption. So that would be people that are trying to self-match their adoption, work with an agency or a consultant or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically do not work in foster care adoptions, definitely not my area of expertise or in international adoption either. Okay, so when a family comes to you and they're like, we want to adopt a baby, what what are kind of the, some of the steps that you walk them through? What are things that they need to be considering? Yeah. So the very first thing before you're even like, I I would suggest that you even start your adoption process is to make sure that you have processed any trauma or grief or anything that might have brought you to the adoption process. That's not necessarily the case for all, but some of us do have some things that have kind of led us to this step in our journey to becoming a parent. And so that was something that honestly was a big mistake in my own adoption journey that I didn't spend enough time doing that ahead of time. So I always counsel people to do that first and foremost. Then once you've kind of, you know, made your decision that you're ready to move forward into the adoption journey, the next step is to decide which type of adoption is really right for you. Because as I mentioned, there are several and it can be so, so confusing to know what all the words mean. And honestly, because everybody calls things differently, but by the same name, right? They'll say, well, this means this, but then you'll hear someone else say it means something else. So it's about, you know, spending a little bit of time to decide what type is right for you, but also getting kind of that reliable partner to educate you along the process because it is so confusing and overwhelming when you're just starting out. I'm curious about the trauma piece. Do you see that that is a lot of like grief and trauma just from um, infertility or even just past childhood stuff that needs to be worked through? I would say both really. Um, So definitely infertility gives you an extra level of trauma and grief to work through as you go in the adoption process. And if you're not careful, one of the things that I was counseled on is that you can actually give kind of your baggage to the expectant parent. 
who's already going through a, a big process, you know, themselves. And so you want to be really careful to be helpful to that relationship and not hurtful intentionally or even unintentionally by giving your own baggage there. And so I know from in my particular case, I was so excited about the opportunity of being a mom. I was so nervous that I would never get that opportunity that honestly, it kind of set me up to say yes to everything, even those things that really weren't core to who I was or that I didn't really feel like I could actually provide to a child. And so that was something that I needed to work through from a, a counseling perspective ahead of time to really be comfortable with that. We had a, a really um, kind of unfortunate situation where we had a disruption at seven days of parenting. And whenever we kind of took a step back after we unfortunately had to give her back to her biological family and took a step back, I realized that I had a lot of trauma from that. And I had a lot of trauma from infertility that I needed to process as we went into this. And so really getting a trauma-informed counselor, but more specifically an adoption trauma-informed counselor, which is really, really hard to find. But if you can find someone like that, they really understand kind of the spectrum of emotions of highs and lows that you're going through as you get ready for this and really dealing with that um, before you enter into these relationships with expectant families is really important so that you can really start off on a healthy first step. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of the things that I, a lot of my trauma that was brought up through the process, just childhood trauma and things that triggered me would not have surfaced at all in counseling before. Cause it's like, I'm fine. I don't, yeah. I don't have any trauma. Like, right. I didn't see it as trauma or I didn't. And I'm, I'm referring to like little T trauma not big T trauma, but right. yeah, yeah, it wasn't until I was triggered by a kid that I was like, Oh gosh, this is a thing, you know? <laughs> right. So, I know yeah. that you can't prepare for everything, but I like the yeah. idea of having a trauma adoption informed counselor that can kind of pry some of those open. Yeah, I would say, you know, my own personality trait is um, I have this really bad habit of doing what I call ignoring and overriding, right? I'm just like, I have, I'm so focused on the goal that I'm like, let's go to the next thing. Let's just keep working, keep working and forgetting that it is okay for me to sit in those emotions and feel those emotions and process those emotions. And so um, reminding myself to do that, because honestly, I'd been on an infertility journey for three years where, you know, I'd um, almost died from blood loss and, you know, <laughs> discovered that my eggs weren't viable, like all of these like many traumas that happened to this big thing. And I just realized that I had just been so focused on my goal that I hadn't dealt with all of that. And your body really does keep the score, right? It was all kind of built up in me and I needed to release that so I could move on in a healthy way into my new chapter of life. I'm a big fan of that book. <laughs> if y'all haven't read it yet, The Body Keeps the Score is a great book. It is a great um, book. He recommended it to me the last time we talked and I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> look at that. Um, yeah, it is a, it's an amazing book. And I feel like I've learned so much from, from it, like in regards to my kids and in regards to myself. So yeah, super helpful. Um, can you share a little bit more about your story and your journey of adoption? Are you up for sharing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to share. Um, so as I said, I am an adoptive mom of two. Um, we did also have an adoption disruption at seven days of parenting. So we chose to um, use an adoption agency to form our family. 
honestly, because I didn't know any better. I didn't know there were any other options. Uh, when we started this journey back in 2014, um, it was really hard to find information about it. And when you found information, it was very contradictory. And it still is a lot that way today, um, which is you know kind of why I you know started out on my mission. Um, but from our perspective, you know, we chose an agency. I, I happen to work in marketing for a living. And so when it came to writing our profile, telling our story was something that just pretty easy to me. It came, you know, second nature for me. And so we matched really quickly because I knew from my marketing background that making an emotional connection through the way I told the story of our family was really important in our adoption profile. So I really focused on that and we matched our first adoption in less than 30 days and she was born and we were so excited and grateful to be there. And like I said, we parented her for seven glorious days and then her birth mother decided Decided that she changed her mind, as is her right to do. And so we had to give her back. And so that was really, really difficult. But moving us kind of a long past, because we talked about the, the counseling that I sought afterwards to help us there, um, into our daughter coming home. And again, it was a situation after we had been kind of, you know, out of the adoption pool, so to speak, for a while. We came back and within two weeks, we had an adoption opportunity. And I was just flabbergasted. I didn't think it would happen. I, well, honestly, I didn't think it would happen again, um, much less that fast. And so when we got the phone call, they said, she's been born. Are you willing to come see her tomorrow? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Does it have to be tomorrow? Can it be now? Like, I am ready to come right now. Um, and so it was just phenomenal. We got to spend a little bit of time with her birth mother um, prior to her signing the paperwork um, in the hospital. And then we got to bring home a, a happy, healthy, beautiful daughter um, that we are so incredibly grateful for. And then kind of fast forwarding along, we'd always you know, thought we wanted to adopt twice. Um, and so we decided we were going to adopt again when she was about, I guess she was about a year and a half to two years old. We decided to become what's called a live or waiting family again. Um, and at this time, you could actually be gender specific because adoption is expensive. And so we knew that we wanted to have a boy and a girl, ideally. And so our agency said, listen, if you would like to be gender specific for a boy, it's probably going to take like five years. We we're like, holy cow. OK. <laughs> and so, I mean, listen, we're, you know, almost have a two year old at this point. We're like, great, five years, whatever. You know, it'll happen when it happens. And within six months, we actually brought home our son um, and we were super excited. So we had a, a two and a half year old and a newborn. And he was born here in Arkansas and is five today. And it's just full of mischief and full of Legos and all the Ninja Turtles and all the fun things. Um, but that is, that's really kind of our, our journey in a nutshell. But the, the things that I've learned along the way is really about, um, it all comes down to picking the right partners, right? It comes down to making sure that you have someone teaching you what to do, because I learned a lot of really painful lessons along our journey, because I didn't have anybody to go to, to ask questions. And then the power of your profile is super, super important because that can really make or break the overall speed of your adoption for sure. Hmm. And you, and you work with people to help them strengthen their profile and figure all that out, right? 
Yeah, I do. I do. So it's, it, um, I still have a corporate day job, but I do this just because it's a passion project for me to, to fill my cup and fill my heart, um, as a mama to help other people become parents as well. And so I, I do help people create their adoption profile. I have courses where you can do it yourself, just watch the videos and follow this step-by-step or for those that need a little bit more help, I can actually get in and help you craft the words and the pictures and bring it all to life together. That's really fun. What a fun job. <laughs> it is amazing. It is my soul work. I was really fortunate at one of my uh, previous companies. They said, what's the work that lights you up and really invested in you as a person to help you figure out what your purpose in life was. And I walked away saying that there are two things that my life was really meant to do, be the mom to my children and to help other people fulfill their dreams of becoming parents as well. I love that. Hey, let's take a quick break. Mama, I know that you are doing a great job. But maybe there's something you've been neglecting, like yourself or your marriage, the rest of your family or the systems in your home. Or maybe you're just ready for a change, but you don't know where to start. That's where we come in. Mama Systems can help you put systems in place so that your family is more organized, more peaceful, and more balanced. And so that you feel like you can get everything done that you need to get done during the day. We'll help make sure that you have a plan to advocate for your child in school and in the community, that you take care of yourself, your marriage, and the rest of your family, and that you have systems in place to help build teamwork mentality in your home and make daily life more manageable. All of this is doable and you deserve it, Mama. Check out mamasystems.net today. All right, back to our show. Okay, I wanted to ask you about, you said that when you first started out, you chose an adoption agency because you didn't know anything else. I make up from that statement that possibly there are other things that you're like, oh, I wish I would have done that instead, or this might've been a better route. Can you talk about some of those different options out there? Absolutely. Yeah, happy to. So in the United States today, working with an adoption agency can range from $50,000 to $80,000. And I have a firm belief that working to adopt a child really shouldn't cost your life savings or potentially their college fund in order to bring them home. Um, I have a, a firm belief that anyone should be able to adopt on any budget as long as you can provide a loving and safe home for this child. And so I have really over the past eight years worked to understand the adoption process inside out and help other people learn how to match their adoption on their own, which is called self-matching their adoption. I definitely believe the power of adoption agencies and the support services that adoption agencies provide really do provide an invaluable service in our community. But there are a few bad actors out there that are charging fees unnecessarily that are really taking away the dream that people have for adoption because of budget. And so that's really kind of become my mission is to help you choose what type of adoption is right for you, right? Um, but sometimes based upon your budget, you're going to need to do a little bit of that work yourself. So when it comes to adoption, there are a couple of different types. As you said, you could work with an adoption agency and their primary job is to go match you with an expectant family based upon a list of criteria that the family is looking, the expectant family is looking for and that you provide. Then there are adoption consultants out there, and they're going to focus on teaching you how to adopt, helping you create your profile, and then helping you pick either the single agency or multiple agencies so that you can match a little bit faster, right? It's just kind of like having an expert in your hip pocket, if you will, as you go all the way through the journey. 
Um, and then there are folks that are actually self-matching, as I described previously. Um, and those are really kind of the three main types of adoption. There's other types like embryo adoption, where you actually adopt embryos and carry the child to term yourself, or even potentially work with an adoption attorney in rare cases um, to match with an expectant parent that way. But there are so many different types. And that was something that I honestly didn't know when I set out in my journey. I, Like I said, I kept spending hours and hours on Google trying to figure out what to do. And eventually someone said, hey, why don't you just go sit down and talk to an adoption attorney? And I did um, for $500 an hour, which was ridiculous back in even 2014. I hate to know what the hourly rate today would be. And I just asked him all the questions and ran up quite a little bill. And in the end, decided that it was just too complicated to do anything else as a working individual and that I just needed to work with an adoption agency. And so we borrowed from my retirement and made it work. But it was a struggle for sure. And I just don't think it should have to be that way. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It does seem a little, little extreme on the money side. Do, right. How does the self-matching process work? I've never heard of that before. Yeah. So self-matching is pretty unique. And I will say it's not allowed in all states. So it's always really important that you, you know, work with an adoption attorney to understand if it is allowed in your state, if you choose to do that. But the basic premise is that you're going to find an expectant parent to match with on your own. And the most common ways that people do that would be through basically word of mouth, right? Through friends of friends, through your network, through social media. There are actually Facebook groups out there where people that are expecting a baby will actually post and share their desire to place their child for adoption. And then you'll see within a matter of hours, hundreds of posts there from hopeful adoptive families. And I've had tons and tons of clients that have actually matched directly that way. I've also had clients match the uh, like flyers on a laundromat wall that had a QR code to their website. And then they watched a video on their website and then texted them. And then I've also had someone match just from handing a business card to a waitress at a restaurant as well. So the, the main, you know, kind of crux or the thing that you have to do behind um, really self-matching your adoption is just being willing to share your desire to adopt with everyone you come in contact with, because you just never know where that door is going to become open for you to make a connection. I have never heard that. That's so fascinating to me. It is. And it really is an affordable option. It does take work on your part, right? To take that consistent action, to share your profile, but it is a much more affordable option. I've had some clients that have matched their adoption for as little as $5,000 and then on the high end for about thirty dollars to $35,000. So when you compare that to an agency adoption, if you're really trying to be budget-minded, then it can be a nice comparable. Now, it does take work and it's, you know, there are scams because there are people out there will pose as people that are expecting a baby and try to get you to pay them money and all of these types of things. But, you know, it's really about understanding what to look for, right? And having someone to help you vet things from a non-emotional perspective so that you can really make sure an opportunity is real. Okay. Now, do you, so why I'm excited to have you on here is because I feel like the, the moms that are listening either already have a heart for adoption and have already adopted, and this could be a next viable option for them, or they have people coming to them asking about adoption. And yeah. so I feel like the work that you're doing is super important in, in matching families up. Thank you. Oh. So families who are looking for infant adoption... I, I mean, 
after hearing you talk, I'm like, well, the first step is to come contact you because we need to get clear on all of our things. Right. And I think that was kind of a part of my husband and I's process, not contacting you, but was going to a class and kind of figuring out all the different options out there and making sure that we were on the same page of what we wanted and what, um, like what we wanted our family to look like and what we wanted our experience to be. And that's when we decided on foster care. But I think that everybody needs to kind of take that first step of evaluating all the things, because it's one thing to just say, I want to adopt and then kind of pick something out of the air. But to have somebody walk you through that, I think is so important. Yeah. And then after deciding on that and then figuring out, okay, these are some things I need to work on before we move forward. Um, then they build a, what do you call that? An adoption profile. So yeah, so the, the very first step actually to you know, kind of walk through the process in total, the very first step again is choose which type of adoption. And I have a quiz that I can give to you that you can share with your audience that'll walk you through if you're serious about private adoption, it'll help you choose which type is right for you. And then once you choose which type is right for you, depending upon the type of adoption you're moving forward with, you're going to take one of two steps. Either you're going to go get home study approved or you're going to pick your partner. So if you're working with, if you decide that, you know, working with an adoption agency is the right step for you or the right path for you, then you're going to want to actually pick that agency first because they may have a required home study partner that you have to use and you don't want to have to do a home study twice. It's unnecessary and cost you money and time, right? So you're going to choose which type of adoption is right for you and then either pick your partner or get home study approved. And then you're going to create your adoption profile. And once you create that adoption profile, that's really how you're going to communicate who you are as a family to an expectant family. And that's a pretty universal thing that you're going to need no matter which type of adoption is right for you. You're just going to use slightly different methods to share it based upon the type of adoption, right? So if you're working with an adoption agency, you're probably going to use like a website or a video or a profile book. Or if you're self-matching, you're going to use maybe social media and a website and, you know, a video. Um, But it's the, the real kind of foundational steps is choosing which type and then, you know, picking your partners and getting home study approved and then doing your profile. And then from there, it's about the matching process itself, which is just an expectant parent picking you and, you know, moving forward into the legal steps from there. Okay. My follow-up questions are (laughs) one. Um, so with self-matching, you still have to have a home study done. You do. Yes. It is really important that you have a home study. And I always counsel my clients to have that home study before they start sharing their adoption profile, just because you want to make sure that you're legally approved before you take any sort of steps to potentially match with anyone. Okay. And no, with international adoption, there's like a whole dossier process and it's a ginormous thing. It's the process with private adoption slash self self-chosen what am I what am I trying self-matching bless you self-matching adoption (laughs) are those are those easier processes to go through like in regards to paperwork and all the things 
Yeah, it is definitely an easier process than international. So when it comes to international adoption, you're going to, one, have to pick the country, right? And then each country is going to have its own set of requirements. Here in the United States, while each um, state does create and kind of govern the adoption process in its state, in its own state, the processes are more similar when it comes to getting approved, right? So you're going to have to do things like provide tax returns, provide shot records, provide you know, letters of employment, um, you know, a medical letter from your doctor saying that you're allowed to or that you have a reasonable life expectancy, things of that nature that are going to be more common um, than not common between the states. But international in each country is vastly different for sure. Okay. But is the paperwork a lot less with self-adoption? Um, uh, with self-adoption. Self yeah, self-matching your adoption. Yeah, it's it is not less. So okay. home study approval is I, I talk about it as a mountain of paperwork. Um, it is a mountain of paperwork, no matter which type of adoption you're going to use. Okay. It, the only difference between self-matching and working with an agency or a consultant when it comes to your home study is that some of them require you to use a specific company um, versus another. And in most cases, that comes down to where they think the judge is going to accept the home study or the social workers point of view, right? Um, as well as where they have pre-existing relationships and standard operating procedures. Um, but the, the actual core of what you do is the same in both. This is so fascinating to me. <laughs> I just it never is, thought about this world before. So I'm, I'm super intrigued by it. Yeah. I mean, it is very step-by-step detail oriented. Um, and I, I joke all the time with people in my, my community that my brain thinks in big bullets and small bullets. Like that is how my brain thinks. And that is exactly how the adoption process is run. It's like, okay, now you got to do the home study. Now within the home study, you've got these five steps, right? Um, and so it's really about like, you know, getting the process and the pattern and then learning, you know, through experience over the years, because man, there can be some crazy, crazy curveballs that come up um, in each situation that's a little bit different. Yeah, I'm just so grateful. Thank you for sharing with us today all of your wisdom and expertise. Will you tell everybody where they can find you? Absolutely. So I definitely hang out um, on Facebook and Instagram. My adoption coach is where you can find me there. I do have a Facebook group. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel that I release episodes weekly on every Saturday morning. Uh, but if your audience is just getting started, the best place for them to go is on over to myadoptioncoach.com backslash quiz. And there they can take a simple six question quiz. And then I give them the type of adoption that we write for them, as well as kind of a couple of videos that will help them get started on their journey just to walk them through. Everything's hundred percent free. You just take the quiz, put in your email, and then that guide shows up in your inbox in about five to 10 minutes. So super easy because my goal again, is just to make your adoption easier as much as I can. I love that. Well, thank you for coming on today and for sharing with us. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.